Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the first and foremost sports podcast with your host, Jimmy Covington. What's going on? It's the one and only Quentin Douglas. We back. And we back at it again, episode 35. I know it's been a little while, but we back better than ever. Took a little break off uh, trying to handle some things that's going on in life, but we back. And we're ready to give y'all some great content as usual. Quentin, how you doing, man? I'm doing better, man. Like you said, just been taking the punches life been giving, but you fall down, get right back up, man. So how, how you been doing? I've been good, man. Been working, chilling out, uh, just relaxing. But, you know, I turned up a little bit. You know, going into the new year, got some stuff I definitely want to accomplish. Well, I will accomplish this year, so just trying to yes, sir. get my prep time, man. Well, we're going to speak it into existence. We're going to accomplish them goals, make it happen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But let's go ahead and get started here. Fans of the NFL, you all know, Jalen Hurts, uh, week 14, made his first NFL start, and he beat the New Orleans Saints 24-21. to And that has caused some controversy with the quarterback situation in Philadelphia with Carson Wentz. Uh, Carson Wentz is scheduled to make $34 million next year. Uh, so, Quinn, give me your thoughts on Carson Wentz's first start and what the Eagles should do with Carson Wentz. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of people initially when the Eagles took Jalen Hurts, it was like some people were thinking, ah, he's just serving as a backup. You know, Carson Wentz gets injured a lot. Uh, but you did have just a slim amount of people, which I do remember a few people, uh, that said, you know, at some point, uh, Jalen Hurts was going to end up starting over Carson Wentz. And lo and behold, it's actually happening. Uh, but I can't say I saw this coming. I thought Carson Wentz, you know, given the caliber of player he was three years ago, he was MVP. Uh, of course, he was the catalyst that led the Eagles uh, that eventually got them a Super Bowl championship, of course. Unfortunately, he had a knee injury. Uh, but this year, I don't know if, you know, it's the injuries that's around him or what, but it just seems that, you know, Carson Wentz, he's just out there. I don't know if he's overcompensating, you know, trying to do too much or if he's just not playing within the offense. But, uh, I mean, the way he turns the ball over is just inexcusable. Uh, this year, he, I think, has 16 passing touchdowns, but he has 15 picks. Um, and that's only in, like, 12, 13 starts. Uh, I mean, he's been horrible. Probably, arguably, one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL this year. Uh, and like you said, this is a guy that's making $30 million a year. So, you know, this isn't a small pill for the Eagles to swallow. Jalen Hurts. You know, he didn't blow you away or, you know, just jump off the screen. But, you know, for the most part, he took care of the football. He did have a late fumble. Uh, but, you know, he did what the Eagles asked him to do. Uh, and he brought another dimension, which was his league. So, I think if I'm the Eagles, I ride out Jalen Hurts the end of the year. I mean, for the remainder of this year. I don't see what it hurts considering, you know, you see that pun. But <laughs> I don't see what it hurts considering, you know, they only got three games left. I think they're two games 
back of the Redskins, a game back of the Giants in the division. Uh, so there is a slim chance they could still win the division. Uh, but I think if anything, you send a message to Carson Wentz, you know, maybe this offseason he'll put more time and grind in and maybe bounce back next year. Because like you said, he's owed $30 million. I don't know too many people who are going to want to trade uh, for Carson Wentz, given how he's played. So I think I think Jalen Hurts finishes out this year and then Carson Wentz gives it another go next year. Well, first of all, I mean, I want to congratulate uh, Jalen Hurts on winning his first start. Uh, he played well. Uh, he did what they asked him to do. Uh, had 167 pass yards, 106 rush yards, one touchdown, only had one turnover. That was a fumble. Uh, you know, played well, showed some poise, made some timely throws, and he took advantage of rushing lanes that was created. And I think what impressed me most uh, about, you know, the Eagles in that game was the ability to run the football. New Orleans had allowed a 100-yard rusher in over three seasons. I think it was 56 games, if I'm not mistaken. And they and the Eagles had two 100-yard rushers, uh, Hurts and Miles Sanders. So, you know, in the defense play lights out. The Eagle defense play lights out too. So, you know, got to give props to those guys too. But Jalen Hurts did what was asked of him, and he made plays when he needed to. And that's, you know, that's – and he only turned the ball over once. So, I mean, Cam asked for much more out of the guy in his first start against, you know, one of the best teams in the league. So, I want to congratulate him on that. Uh, but with Carson Wentz, you know, I think it's uh, – you know, his struggles, I think, is comes from a multitude of things. Uh, first, I want to address the offensive line. Uh, he's been sacked 50 times already. Keep in mind, he didn't play last game. In the game against Green Bay, he got benched in like the second half, started the second half. He's been sacked 50 times. He's been sacked five times in six of those games. He's been sacked three-plus times in 10 straight games. The NFL record is 12. So he's, he's gotten beat up a lot this year. You got to think about the injuries, you know, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson once again, Zach Ertz missed time, Dallas Goddard missed time early. I think the offensive line only has one starter right now, and that's Jason Kelsey. Uh, Lane Johnson has been in and out. Jason Peters is getting older. He's been in and out. Brandon Brooks was hurt to begin the year. So you basically got one starter. Everybody else has been in and out of the lineup. We're not in the lineup at all. You know, you're relying on, you know, Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham and guys like that to get it done. And that's just simply, you know, no disrespect to them. But those are not the caliber caliber receivers that you're going to win with consistently in the NFL. You know, like scheme, you know, is means a lot in the NFL, but talent means a lot too. And, you know, I think one of their first mistakes starting early in the year was drafting Jalen Rager. Uh, Justin Jefferson was still on the board at that time. Justin Jefferson is top 10 in the NFL and receiving yards right now. So, you mean, you mean to tell me Carson Wentz? I don't think they – I don't think they've been using Jalen Rieger the right way, but Justin Jefferson was the better receiver. <laughs> exactly. So you, you mean to tell me, you know, Carson Wentz wouldn't love to have Justin Jefferson? But also, you can't – I'm can't, just, can't all blame it. You know, Carson Wentz deserves some blames too. Uh, listen, he holds the ball too long. I mean, we clearly yep. see that week in, week Which out. makes up some of the sex. He makes a lot of questionable decisions when throwing the ball, throws it into some some wild places. I've seen it. Sometimes you look at him like, what are you doing? Uh, which that's part of the high interception numbers. 15 also has 10 fumbles on a year. And like, you know, yeah. quite frankly, from what I from what I've seen over my years of watching quarterbacks, and I've talked to a few coaches, 
Uh, we spoke to Kelly Holcomb. You know, I know a few offensive coordinators at the high school level, and I talked to, you know, a couple uh, college coaches. His mechanics aren't where they – you know, his mechanics are consistent. And as a quarterback, you know, you don't have to have the strongest arm. But if you got good mechanics and you got good ball placement, then you can, you can make, you know, you can make some noise. You can be a highly effective quarterback. And I think his mechanics are off too. I mean, and that's something that can be, that can be fixed, that can be worked on. Uh, and also I think Doug Peterson deserves some blame too. Uh, he hasn't made the best coaching decisions. So, you know, and I've heard some talks about him possibly even being fired after the season. So it's an, it's blame to go all the way around from, you know, the lack of talent at the receiving positions uh, to the coach, to the offensive line, to Carson Wentz just not playing well. So, you know, you don't want a $30 million backup quarterback. So, like like you said, I expect uh, Jalen Hurts, <laughs> unless Jalen Hurts sustains like a, a small injury or something like that, I expect, suspect him to, you know, finish out the season as a starter. They're not going to beat out the Washington football team uh, for in terms of the playoffs. Uh, but no. you know, I, I next I think over the summer they you know, got the after, Cardinals this week too. Yeah, so this coming up offseason, I, I definitely expect uh, you know a quarterback competition, but I can't see uh, the Philadelphia Eagles paying Carson Wentz thirty four million dollars to be a backup QB. Like it's just not gonna happen. Nah, exactly. And you know, with that taking that into account, and you made a great point. You know, talking about his mechanics being off. Uh, that's why I said I feel the best thing for Carson Wentz at this point, just take his L this year, go into next offseason. He'll have a full offseason, come back with a healthy O-line next year, and, you know, hopefully he can get with the right quarterback coach uh, that can fix those mechanics because he's still only, like, what, 27, 28 years old. I mean, he hadn't been in the league that long. Uh, so he's still, you know, there's still room for growth. Uh, but like you said, you know, they does make the boneheaded throws uh, and he can't really hold on to the football, uh, you know, losing the fumbles. But like you said, we have to give our hats off to Jalen Hurts. I think I was more so – or I wasn't really shocked because, I mean, even going back to his days at Bama, uh, you know, he's always been a gamer. You know, he started out there like 26-2 and two at some point, uh, of course, until Tua came and took over. but. You know, even then, the way he handled that situation uh, and even transitioning to Oklahoma and becoming a Heisman finalist, uh, he's always been a gamer. You know, his coaches have always said he's a great leader. And that's something to take into account, too, because with Jalen Hurts being out there, everybody else played juiced up. I mean, from the O-line, the receivers, you know, even though they lack the talent, you know, they have been playing better with Jalen Hurts. Uh, back at back at quarterback, and even the defense. You mentioned how well they play. Uh, you have to attribute that a little bit to them having Jalen Hurts on offense too. Uh, so definitely, like you said, hats off to Jalen Hurts. Uh, and I can't wait to see what he does to close out the year. Absolutely. And I think another thing that doesn't get mentioned as often is that the Philadelphia Eagle offense hasn't been the same since Frank Reich uh, went to Indianapolis. You know, if you remember yeah. Frank Wright, he was the offensive coordinator yeah. of the Super Bowl season. So their offense hasn't been the same since that. Uh, and I think, you know, that's something that's noteworthy, very noteworthy. You know, offensive coordinators, you know, they make a difference in this league. Play calling, you know, makes a mm-hmm. word of a difference. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you make ter- if you got terrible play calling, you know, that can definitely hold players back and they can hold the team back for sure. So, you know, like I exactly. said, it's a, it's a little bit of blame to go around for everybody. 
Not yeah, just Carson. Not just that Carson. was a great point. But let's stay with quarterbacks here, and we're moving on to our next topic. The NFL MVP at this point is pretty much a two-horse race, I would say. And I'm thinking it's between Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. So, Quinn, for MVP, who do you have? So, who do you, who do you have right now with two weeks left in the regular season? Man, well, well, well. I don't think it's decided yet. Honestly, I think these last few weeks with, you know, a statement game or two, that could determine who wins the MVP. Uh, but right now, I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he's still showing that he's the golden standard in the league. Uh, he's been consistent all year. I think, you know, you have to look at it, too. I don't think Kansas City as a team has had the same urgency coming off a Super Bowl win. Because uh, if you look at a lot of their games this year, they've, you know, gotten off to slow starts or found themselves in deficits. I think actually, of course, they lost to the Raiders, so they trailed in that game. Uh, but I think in like even six of their other wins, uh, they found themselves down, you know, facing deficits at some point. Uh, but, you know, Pat Mahomes always brings them right back, almost kind of like he relishes the challenge of coming back. Just look at what he did to us in the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, but – you know, I think they're as dangerous as any team right now because of Patrick Mahomes, you know. And he's probably the best off-script player in the NFL. Things break down. That's probably when he's his most dangerous. Uh, but definitely hats off to Aaron Rodgers. He's definitely balling in Green Bay this year. You can make the argument that it's probably his best year, uh, at least statistically, of his career. Uh, so, like you said, it's a two-horse race, and I think it'll come down to these last few weeks to determine it. Because even this weekend, uh, I think – well, not this weekend, but I know the Chiefs and Saints play this week, so that'll be a big one for Mahomes. And then Aaron Rodgers still has the Titans on his schedule, so that'll be two opportunities for both games to kind of make some separation. But I'm going with Mahomes right now. For me, uh, I got to go with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, I knew it. <laughs> can't, you know, can't go wrong with Patrick Mahomes either. Uh, but for me, for Aaron Rodgers, uh, you got to think about, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes has Travis Kelsey, who's leading the league in receiving yards. He got Tyreek Hill, who's fourth in – he got Tyreek Hill, who's fourth in receiving yards. You got Clyde Edward Healer. You know, you got Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. What? Uh, not to mention, you got Sammy Watkins, McCole Hartman, and then you also have uh, Demarcus Robinson. And if you think about Aaron Rodgers, you know, he has Devontae Adams who, right, this year, I feel like he's the best receiver in football right now. You got Devontae Adams. Um, I agree. I give him number one right now. You got Aaron Jones. I would say Aaron Jones is a top ten running back. Uh, Robert Tanyan in tight Robert Tanyan in tight end has made, you know, has made some splash plays. But outside of those three guys, outside of those three guys, you don't have a consistent contributor outside of that. So that's enough. But I mean, but you only at, got he, one ball. He's just, but think about it. He's essentially put up the same numbers except for passing yards. Uh, he has the edge in completion percentage, touchdowns. Yep. He has less interceptions. He has at least the league in QBR, and he has the best quarterback rating. That's why I, mean, I said at this point, I don't think it's been decided yet. I think it's going to come down to the last few weeks. And with Aaron Rodgers, I haven't seen Aaron Rodgers play this well since his MVP season back in 2011. He threw for 45 touchdowns. Yep, and he on like, pace for 50 now, ain't he? 
He has 39 so far, and they got three games left. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. He could. He maybe. He might get, like, 48. Basically. He's on pace with nearly 50. I mean, Mahomes has But Mahomes 33. might finish with, what, like, 5,000, and he might get about 45. Yeah, he has 33 right now. So, I mean, you know, you pretty much picking hairs when it comes to the – Pretty much picking hairs when it comes to the guy. Aaron Rodgers has three plus passing touchdowns in ten of the thirteen games so far. He has at least two touchdowns in all but one game, and that was the game against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where they got destroyed. And that was yeah. also the that was also the only game where he threw more than one interception as well. But yep. Patrick Mahomes, just about the same thing. He only has one multi interception game, and that was last game. He has at least, and then two he followed that up with scoring twenty eight points in a row. Exactly, he has a, he has at least eleven. He has at least two touchdowns in eleven of thirteen games. So you're pretty much, you know, you're being picky when you choose between the two. But if I had to get my vote, I would have to go with Aaron Rodgers. I feel yeah, like, and like I'm glad. <clears throat> oh my bad, my bad. Go ahead. You can go ahead. I was about to say I'm glad you brought up the Tampa Bay game because, like you said, I literally. I had to split hairs because I didn't know who I wanted to choose myself. Uh, but like you said, Aaron Rodgers did have that game against Tampa Bay earlier where he laid the egg. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes' worst game, you can make the case, was last week against Miami. But like I said, he followed that up and had like 28 straight points that he scored. So uh, I think that's why I still – I got Mahomes, but you can't be wrong with Aaron Rodgers. You can't. And I, and I think more so I get an edge to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, like, you can't penalize Patrick Mahomes for having talent, you know, for having the weapons he has and, you know, the play call, the play caller and Eric Bieniemy, and, you know, and the head coach Andy Reid, obviously. I honestly don't even know who Green Bay's offensive coordinator is. I think probably Matt LaFleur just head coach and OC. I think exactly. he called a play. So, I mean – He's doing all that, and you when he's throwing the football, you know who he's going to, uh, Devontae Adams. But you, you know, you still, you, can't, about it. you still can't stop <laughs> it. Like they, they've been that good this year. And what you think about, you know, with the Kansas City Chiefs, you can't single, you can't play single coverage on Tyreek Hill. You got to put a safety over the top. Then who gonna cover Travis Kelsey? I know you don't think a linebacker or safety finna cover Travis Kelsey. And then you know, then you only got one safety left in the middle of the field. And then you still got Sammy Watkins who can go get you 150 yards in any given moment. You got McCole Harmon, who's one of the fastest players in the league. And then you also got Demarcus Robinson, who's, you know, he plays plays well on the outside too. So and Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and then you got Le'Veon Bell, who in his prime is basically you can treat him as the number two receiver, to be completely honest with you. So you got all those threats outside of Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill that you can go to if the if the defense commits to taking them away. And you can still be extremely productive. But if they happen, if a team happens to take away Devontae Adams, if they can, then, you know, where does Aaron Rodgers go to throw the ball? But then you see the two games, you know, Devontae Adams missed a couple games this year, and they won both of those games. So Aaron Rodgers found a way to get it done. But I don't think when it comes playoff time, I don't think, you know, you want to have Devontae Adams. You know what I'm saying? It would be nice to have other receiving options outside of Devontae Adams and Robert Tanya here and there. Uh, but I just I just got to get an edge to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, he has less to work with. And outside of passing yards, he got Mahomes in every other category, basically, outside of passing yards. I can't argue against it. Like I said, I don't think there's any wrong answer. I think right now it's a tie. If we had to vote today, 
I don't think you could definitively say, you know, one is MVP over the other. No. I don't think you could either. But moving on to our last topic here, uh, you know, it's week 14 coming up. A uh, couple games right, left. Uh, here comes the playoffs. So, you know, every year you have contenders and then you have pretenders in both conferences. So, Quinn, who are your AFC contenders, NFC contenders, uh, AFC pretenders, and NFC pretenders? All right, all right. Which one do you want to start with? Uh, we can start off with AFC contenders, and we can go back and forth from there. All right. So, my AFC – well, I don't know how you did it, but <clears throat> for each category, I picked two teams. So, for my AFC contenders – Pretty much, these probably the teams I think going to compete for a conference championship. I got the Chiefs and the Bills. As I mentioned, Chiefs, probably the hottest team in football right now. Could make the case it's probably Washington. Because <laughs> uh, they won, what, last four games? But uh, Chiefs, you got Pat Mahomes. You mentioned all the offensive weapons. Uh, you got playmakers on defense and Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew in the secondary. Uh, the Bills, you know, we saw what they did to the Steelers. That was an impressive win. Uh, Josh Allen's been balling this year. Stephon Diggs is becoming one of my favorite receivers to watch in the league. Uh, and so I think they're the two best teams. You, and you know, I've heard some people say they like the Bills more than the Chiefs right now. Uh, that's just how some people are feeling about the Bills. I'm not. I'm not giving them that much credit, but they are a good team. So I got them too as my contenders in the AFC. So for me, uh, I didn't necessarily put a number on the contenders and pretenders, just depending on how I felt. Uh, of course, I got Kansas City. Uh, clearly, the best team in football. You know, they're a cut above everybody else right now. Pat Mahomes has gotten better from previous years, which is scary to say. Like I said, the defense got playmakers. Tyron Matthew has six interceptions. I don't know if you noticed his interception numbers. Still got Chris mm-hmm. Jones. Still, uh-huh. got Frank, <laughs> still got Frank Clark and Chris Jones to rush the passer there. Uh, Buffalo, like you said, has been playing well. Josh Adams has been playing well. Uh, Stephon Diggs arguably has a case to be the best receiver in football. You know, they have a, an amazing report here. You know, they got some talent on defense and Tredavious White and Michael Hyde and Jordan Poyer. You know, and they got some nice pass rushers mm-hmm. there. You know, Tremaine Edmonds in the middle. You got some potential there. Uh, honestly, one of my last contenders in the AFC, and you might not agree with it, they're not even in the playoff picture right now. If the playoffs started today, the playoffs started today, the Baltimore Ravens won't even be in. But if they happen to get in, I definitely have them as a contender. I mean, contender? think about it. Think about it. Lamar threw, what, 15 passes last game? And they still won. I don't. I don't see a team. Honestly, I don't see a team in football that can stop them from running the football. I'm not putting the Ravens back in my contender category till I see them win a playoff game with Lamar quarterback. That makes sense. Uh, but I, I don't think it's, there's not a team in football that can stop them from running the ball. I mean, you could argue that you could have argued it was Pittsburgh, but they ran the ball down Pittsburgh throat with ease. Oh, uh, you see what oh, they yeah. did. You see what they did to you see what they did to Cleveland. Lamar, Lamar, if they can keep, continue to play like this on defense and continue to run the ball like this, Lamar can complete five, six. No, not five, six. I'm exaggerating. He can complete ten to fifteen. He can complete ten to fifteen passes and realistically probably make it to the AFC Championship game. Like as long as they don't fall behind. 
the running game is, has been that potent. If they can stay ahead, like you said, they can get some stuff done. They're not even using Mark Ingram. He hasn't even really been getting carries. It's been Lamar. It's been J.K. Dobbins. And it's been Gus Edwards. Yeah. And, and they have been – they ran the ball down uh, Cleveland's throat Monday night. I think that's one of the best games, uh, Monday night football games, I've seen in years. Yeah, and think about it. Game. Lamar missed a good chunk of the fourth quarter, came back on fourth <laughs> and two, cold, got the first down and threw a touchdown pass immediately after that. And I, I saw Nick Wright, was, Nick Wright was talking about how Lamar Jackson played, some of the, the lack of yards he had. But you got to think about it. Why would I throw the ball 40 times if I can run it down your throat every play and get six, seven yards to pop? There's no, I don't there's, see why he gets so wrapped up in stats, especially with a guy like Lamar. He's a playmaker. And then you talk about Baker Mayfield throwing for 300 yards, but they lost. So, I mean – Give me 120 yards passing, 120 yards exactly. rushing in the win versus 350 yards passing the loss. Like, I'll take that any day. But if the defense can continue to stay healthy, they continue to run the football, and Lamar can make enough plays and the receivers can make enough plays, you know, up in the passing game, I expect them to be in the AFC Championship game if they can get in, uh, which I hope they can get in. I'd love to see Lamar, you know, get his, get his revenge and win a playoff game this year, but they got to get in first. But For moving sure. on. Moving on to I think NFC. they will, though. I think they will, too. But moving on to our NFC contenders, who do you have? NFC contenders. Well, once again, uh, it's going to depend on how the seeding and stuff plays out. Uh, but the two best teams I got in the NFC are the Packers and the Saints. Of course, we just talked about Aaron Rodgers. He's your MVP pick. Clearly playing at an MVP caliber level this year. Uh, Devontae Adams, you can definitely give your hats off and say he's the best in the game right now at the receiver position. Uh, Aaron Jones, top 10. You know, he can carry the ball, and he's a receiving threat out of the backfield. Uh, pretty much a do-it-all guy. And then the Saints, you know, they haven't really been playing their best ball without Drew Brees, but I expect that to change when he comes back. Uh, they'll find a lot easier to score, I think, when he comes back. Um, and hopefully they'll get their rhythm and chemistry back uh, before the playoffs start. Uh, but, you know, before the Eagles game, they had arguably the best defense in the NFL. Uh, and they have been making life, you know, hell for quarterbacks before Jalen Hurts. Uh, so as long as they can avoid a Russell Wilson or a Kyler Murray or a guy like that in the playoffs, uh, we could very well see the Saints possibly even in the Super Bowl this year. Oh, for me, uh, both teams are the same thing for me, uh, Packers and Saints. Uh, we know what the Packers have been this year. They've been phenomenal. Uh, you know, the defense leaves a little bit to be desired. But with the way the offense is playing, you know, you got to think uh, there's not a team in the NFC that could realistically stop them. I don't even think the Bucks could at this point. Uh, but – uh, the Saints, like you said, has been playing well pretty much all year. Uh, but when Drew Brees went down, you know, offense kind of slowed down a little bit. But that's to be expected when you're going from Drew Brees to Taysom Hill. No disrespect to Taysom Hill. Uh, but the defense has played well outside of the last couple of weeks. I expect them to get back, you know, playing well. I mean, they play Kansas City this week, so you know how that is. But, you know, I, expect, I fully expect, you know, Green Bay and New Orleans to be in the NFC Championship game if Seattle doesn't have anything to say about it. No doubt, no doubt. Can't argue with it. But moving on to pretenders, I'm sure you have a few because I know I got a few. So. <laughs> yes, sir. 
Uh, I'm going to start with the AFC. Uh, my first team, the, the team I've been really saying pretenders all year, uh, the Steelers. <laughs> I think we finally starting to see them get exposed a little bit. And then my second team, they're not really in the playoffs right now, but, you know, based on their record, they're still in the hunt because there's still three weeks left in the season. Uh, but I mean the Raiders, man. I gotta, I gotta call them out, uh, especially considering they started the year six and four. <clears throat> but uh, the Steelers, you know, I've been talking about all year. They can't run the ball. Uh, they've had issues with drops all year. Um, they're starting to see injuries show up on the defensive side of the ball, and you know they're starting to compromise their ability to get to the quarterback. Uh, and then with that. You know, their secondary is being exposed. Uh, outside of Minka Fitzpatrick, they don't really have any any solid contributors in the uh, secondary. Uh, you know, they got Joe Hayden, but clearly he's on the, the decline of his career. Uh, but like I said, I don't think the Steelers are going to do much damage in the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if they're one and done. And I don't know what the deal is with the Raiders, but the last two years, they started six and four, and then from weeks eleven through sixteen, the last two years, they have a record of two and eight. This year, right now, they've lost four of their last five games, including the game you just saw last night that was pathetic against the Chargers. Um, but I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what the deal is with second half of the season collapses, but the Raiders are definitely they shouldn't be making plans for the playoffs. <laughs> uh, for me, Pittsburgh is my number one pretender. Uh, I, like I said, I've, I, haven't, I haven't been on Pittsburgh's train all year long. I honestly feel like instead of being 12-2, and two, they should be 8-6 and six right now. They should have lost to Baltimore twice. They should have lost to the Cowboys. They should have lost to the Titans. Uh, there's a couple other teams they shouldn't have beat. You know, they, they, they should have lost to the Broncos, and the Broncos had a backup QB. Exactly. Like I said, they should be eight and six, uh, nine and five, something like that. Right? Not twelve and two, but the not record to mention is, they lost to Washington. They first their re- their record is what it is though. Uh, can't run the football. Can't throw the ball downfield. You know the pass rushing the same without Bud Dupree, and they're also missing Devin Bush, who's a huge loss that nobody seems to be talking about. Uh, Joe, Joe, Joe Hayden is injured right now. And I I already didn't like the defensive backs to begin with outside of Minka Fitzpatrick. So I'm sure you could take advantage of him there. Uh, so I'm just not a big Pittsburgh fan, like at all. Uh, Yeah. If they they match up with Kansas city, I think they're honestly, I think they're one and done depending on who they, I think no matter who they play, I think it's a great possibility that you said like they could be one and done. Even Miami. If they exactly because Miami can run the football and two has been playing and they play excellent on the defensive side on, on the defensive side. All you gotta do is come up and tackle Pittsburgh. Basically, they're not throwing the ball downfield. Basically, you gotta come up and make nope. tackles and five yard passes. It's all they're throwing. It's all they're doing. You can come up and make tackles, and you're good to go. Um, they got the they, secondary to do it. Yep, and and two has shown that he can make some plays on the offensive side of football. Uh, but my second pretender, I have the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I don't believe in Baker Mayfield. Uh, I believe in the run game. Uh, I don't believe in the defense as evidence of the performance Monday night. Uh, the defense isn't that good outside of Miles Garrett. They gave up 45, what, 40, was it 45 points? 
and Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I don't think, yeah. and I think yeah. Lamar Jackson maybe completed ten passes, and you give up forty-five <laughs> points. Oh no! Uh, like I said, I don't believe in Baker Mayfield. He threw for three hundred some yards, but I don't care about that. Uh, he made a, he made a crucial mistake. How many nights is he doing that a year? He made a, he made a very crucial mistake. I don't know if anybody remember that interception that he threw, uh, but mm-hmm. I remember. Uh, the run game is to be respected, but you know when it comes playoff time, your quarterback got to be a difference maker. Your quarterback got to be a difference maker, and I don't feel like Baker Mayfield is enough of a, di- of a difference maker for me. Nope, he's not. Now, do you have any pretenders for the NFC? I do actually, and I got two. And the second one is going to completely contradict everything I said earlier in the season, but I don't care. My first one is the Buccaneers. I don't see them doing well in the playoffs this year. Uh, On offense, they still lack an identity to me. Uh, I still don't think Tom Brady is just completely on page with those receivers. Uh, Bruce Arians, you know, he's always been lauded as a great head coach. Uh, but, you know, I haven't seen his his coaching uh, acumen really come to fruition this season. Uh, and, you know, even in times past, he's complaining about the workload of being the head coach. So that does make you kind of question his dedication. Uh, and like, yeah, I did mention the chemistry issues. Uh, and my second pretender, I got the Seahawks. Uh, I know all early in the season, I was on the Russell Wilson train. Let Russ cook. <laughs> but, <laughs> look, but I was saying that defense is terrible. I was saying that, though, you know, all season it's been Russ pretty much bailing them out. And if Russ doesn't have a great game, then Seahawks are pretty much doomed. And, you know, looking at two of their last three games, they facing the Redskins, who I said you can argue is the hottest team in the NFL right now, uh, and the L.A. Rams, who have really been solid this year, and a lot of teams, in my opinion, are ignoring. Uh, but if they lose those two games, you know, we could really be asking some questions about the Seahawks coming to postseason. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're a one-and-done team, too. I think Seattle's defense has improved a little bit the last few weeks, especially adding Carlos Dunlap and getting Jamal Adams back, who Jamal Adams is a difference maker on all facets of the game. He can cover, uh, he can tackle, and he can rush the passer. I think he has eight and a half sacks, if I'm not mistaken. And yep, keep in mind, most by secondary player ever. Keep in mind, he missed by three or four games. Keep that in mind, too. Uh, and also, Seattle running backs are getting healthy. Uh, Carlos Hyde has been there. You know, Chris Carson is getting healthy, and they're also getting back with Rashad Penny. Uh, so their ground game is going to be something to reckon with, you know, going forward if the offensive line can get some push. You know, you got Russ, D.K. Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. So, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily consider them a pretender. Uh, I think they could be anybody on even any given day. But I also feel like they could lose to anybody on any given day too. So, uh, But for my pretender, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the defense, the front seven is amazing, uh, but the defensive backs I have some major questions with. Uh, they're young in the secondary uh, and unproven, to be quite frank. And I think when you play teams like when you play teams like New Orleans and Green Bay and Seattle, they're going to get the defensive backs are going to get exposed, and it just is what it is. And you say offensively, they have no identity. Uh, you know, Tom Brady has top flight weapons. 
You know, you got Mike Evans, Chris Gobber, you know, Antonio Brown. Grock is playing a lot better a lot lately. And then you have Ronald Jones, who was one of the league le- was one of the league leaders in rushing for a long period of time. And you got Leonard Fournette. So I'm like, you know, you kind of week to week, you kind of don't know what their offense is going to be like. And, you know, I think, you know, you can blame the pandemic and other stuff about why the offensive of chemistry isn't where it should be right now. Uh, but I just don't believe – I don't believe in the, the offense or the defensive backs right now. So – and that's why I have them as a pretender. No doubt. Anything else you want to add? Man, I think that was pretty much all I had. Oh, real quick, uh, it's a few uh, college football conference championships this weekend. I had to get some of your picks. So we got Bama and Florida. Who you rolling with? As much as this pains me to say, uh, I got to go with Bama. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I really don't even want Florida to win because I they feel like if they stomp, y'all. if they if they if Florida was to win, I feel like the the college football playoff committee wouldn't want a two loss SEC champion in, even though. The SEC is year in and year out the best conference in football, top up, top down. So, for the sake of them not cheating, for them not cheating the SEC, Bama needs to win. No doubt. I got Bama. Then I think you got the rematch, Clemson and Notre Dame. How you think that one going to go this time? Clemson. Uh, Trevor Lawrence going to be the difference. No doubt. I got Clemson, too. And then Big Ten, Ohio State, Northwestern. Northwestern has played some good ball this year. Uh, they have. But I, I gotta no go. I gotta go. Yeah, it is true. But I'm gonna go with Ohio State. For sure, you know I'm rolling with the guys. And then shoot, you know what? Who cares about the Pac-12? USC probably gonna win anyway. <laughs> hey, but uh, that quarterback, uh, Keaton Slovis, he gonna be good. Yeah, they, he gonna be they, legit. He got a bright future. For sure, for sure. But, man, I think that's pretty much all I had. That's all I got to add, too. I'm just glad to be back. For sure. It's good to be back. Good to be back with our people. Yes, sir. But that's all we got for y'all today, a shorter show today. Uh, I just want to thank y'all for continuing to support us. Uh, This is episode 35 of the First and Foremost Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Covington. And I'm the one and only, Quentin Douglas. We out. Thank y'all. Deuces.